This is episode 497 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Dealing with the S in SHTF. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible Books allows you to listen to the best books when you are on the go. I love to listen to podcasts and audiobooks and learning while I stay busy doing other things, especially getting ready in the morning and driving. So right now, Audible is offering two free audiobook downloads when you join Audible for a trial period. And if you choose not to stay with Audible after the trial period, you still get to keep the audiobooks. For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash audible. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast episode. Man, I was checking the, the Drudge Report before I got on I started recording today in just the headline, Chicago coldest ever, frostbite in minutes, minus 60 degree wind chill in Minneapolis. Man, that is absolutely crazy. So guys, y'all need to stay safe out there when you are uh, out there traveling. Those of you that are in the severe winter weather uh, conditions. Hey, speaking of current events and things that are going on. I released the Weekly Watchman this evening. For those of you that are new to the podcast, uh, you might not know that I record the podcast the night before. So the Tuesday podcast I record on Monday night so that you have it available for you on your morning drive on Tuesday. So anyway, I this Monday night I released the new Weekly Watchman and that is a collection of prophecy preachers who do current event updates and prophecy updates. Now, one of the reasons why this would be relevant to preppers, first of all, there are those of you that are uh, that are preppers, that are believers, and so the prophecy aspect of it would be very relevant to you. But the other thing is that these guys talk about current events, and a lot of the times they're talking about things that you don't hear from other people. And so that's that's one of the things you don't hear from the mainstream media. You don't see even sometimes on the alternative news media sources, you don't see the you know some of these topics there. These these guys, these preachers have big followings from all over the world and people will send them, you know, updates and information and things like that. So there is a lot of information that you can learn just from watching them if you don't go from a biblical standpoint. And a lot of the times the the analysis is really, really good. So anyway, uh, I'm going to link to that in the show notes and just let you uh, go check that out if you are interested in doing that. And also along the faith um, topic, I want to ask you if you would do me a favor. If you are a believer, if you are a Christian and you would like to fill out a survey, I'm, I'm putting out a survey to you know the different channels on the website, on the podcast, on social media, through email. And I'm just wanting to ask the questions or questions about faith in preparedness. And so if you would like to, if you are a believer and you would like to answer some questions for me, just to kind of get a perspective of who's listening out there and what 
you know, where you are in your faith. And I don't know, this is just something that kind of a thought that came up to me a couple of weeks ago, and I've been working on a survey. And so I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk uh, talk about it, I guess, bring it up this week, maybe even next week, I don't know. But uh, just that reminder, I'm going to leave it in the show notes. And so if you will fill that out, that would be great. I would greatly appreciate that. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from BackdoorSurvival.com. And uh, the author, Samantha Biggers, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's very active on social media. She's been writing for Backdoor Survival uh, probably really close to a year now. And, uh, you know, she comes onto our Facebook group as well and shares out her article. So very grateful for what she does. Uh, she has a lot of experience living off grid. And uh, this article kind of touches that a little bit. So there's a lot that we can learn from her, from her experiences and uh, what she's sharing. So this is a topic that is important because in any survival situation, you can find yourself eventually without running water. And if that happens, then things can go downhill very, very fast because hygiene is very important. So let's uh, see what Samantha has to share with us from Backdoor Survival. And again, the article is entitled Dealing with the S in SHTF. For this post, we are going to talk about the S part of SHTF. This is not something I see covered enough on survival sites. Considering that hygiene is so important during any survival situation, especially long-term scenarios, I don't think it is wise to overlook the less appealing aspects. Now, I have mentioned doing without indoor plumbing for two years, but one thing, at the end of that two years, I still did not have an indoor bathroom. That took another two years and hot water another year. Now, that may sound ridiculous, but we built this house as we could with no bank loan or major contractors involved. As a result, we sometimes had delays due to money or taking care of other people or trying to get some other project done that was important. Septic systems are many thousands of dollars, and that is a lot when you are doing everything on a shoestring. Things have to be done just so, and they must be inspected if you ever want your house to be considered a real house with a legal occupancy permit. Building codes vary, and there are not many places that don't have a lot of rules. It can hurt the value of your place if you ever decide to sell if you don't have a real occupancy permit And while I don't recommend having a loan on your property, if you can avoid it, a bank may not give you one without a house that has passed code. So let's get into some of the aspects of poop when we're talking about a survival situation. So here we go. Digging a hole as needed is cleaner than an outhouse in some cases. We buried our waste while building our house and made sure not to use the same area too often. This worked well, but was not pleasant when the weather was poor. A good shovel is a plus. I did a post on entrenching tools that has a few options, but any spade style shovel will do, or if you have a post hole digger, that's an option as well. Now outhouses and latrines need to be done right and not overused. Outhouses can be dangerous to kids and pets if not designed well. Falling into an outhouse is nothing to laugh about. People have died that way. An old outhouse site needs to be filled in well or protected until it dries out depending on the severity of the situation. I cannot tell you how long an outhouse will last, the number of people using it, 
the size of the hole dug, and if you add anything like lime to promote decomposition are all factors. Climatic conditions have an effect too. Latrines and outhouses are smellier in hot climates, but they also have faster decomposition rates than a cold climate. Now avoid putting outhouses and latrines near water sources or wells. Years ago, a lot of people straight piped even if they had an indoor toilet. This contributed to a lot of terrible waterborne illnesses. Wells were not sealed and shocked with chlorine to sanitize them. In the 30s, my great-great-grandfather died of typhoid from bad water. Things have come a long way thanks to environmental regulations and increased standards of living within the average home. During a long-term emergency, though, people may do some things that they would not normally do. This is one reason you can never assume any ground-level water is clean enough to drink without treatment or filtration. Now, toilets don't stop working if there is no power, but the water going into them often does. You can flush your toilet as long as you have water. Some people just keep a bucket of water near the toilet and flush it when someone has to go number two. Of course, this may not be at all practical or possible if you live far away from any water source or have to walk up a lot of stairs to get to your living quarters. For those of you on wells, if you have a backup power source for your pump, then you can keep flushing, but you should reduce how often if you have limited backup power. There are many long-term emergencies that start out with people telling themselves that it is only temporary. Now, other basic solutions. We live in a world with a lot of survival gear and camping products. A bucket-style toilet with bags you can throw away is one option. You can also use a bucket with the bottom cut out and set on it. Not the most comfortable, but better than nothing. So I'm including a link to a low-cost toilet bucket option, as well as a pop-up tent in case you need something for privacy. So there is... Um, there is that lid that you can put on a, like a five gallon bucket. I know that I've talked about them before and uh, there is that pop-up shower tent that you could put around, around it. It makes it easy. Of course, you can build your own too, I guess, with some PVC if you have that lying around. Um, one of the things here about, you know, pooping in bags and saving those bags, um, if it is a long-term situation, right, a long-term survival situ or situation, you might, and if you have the property uh, for it, you might want to go ahead and build some kind of a small outhouse or something like that. I just never really like the idea of pooping into a bunch of trash bags and then not having anywhere to put them. I mean, eventually, what would you do with them, right? And so you would have to either bury them or hope that I guess the trash would come pick them up. I mean, then you're throwing all that in there as well. And so I just really never was a fan of that. So if it's a short-term emergency situation, I, you know, I think that's okay. If it's long-term, I think you should have another scenario. And that's something that you should be thinking about right now, okay? And so that's just my two cents there. Teach kids how to use the bathroom in the woods and not have a fit if they can't use a formal bathroom. Now, I never thought it was weird or distasteful to use the bathroom outside if you followed some sanitation rules. It seems like more people have all kinds of hang-ups about bathroom stuff in today's world. I encourage you to get over it if you are like this yourself and show your kids that this is something they should be comfortable doing if needed. Now, I highly recommend that preppers add several bidet bottles to their preps. 
They are useful for cleaning hard to reach areas, including your bottom. Ladies need to make sure they dry off a bit because excess moisture can lead to yeast infections or encourage other bacteria that may be more common during a survival situation. You may want to reserve one bottle strictly for your medical kit and another for bathroom needs so that you can keep things as clean as possible and avoid bacterial contamination incidents. Now you are not going to be able to put back enough toilet paper for a long-term SHTF situation. If you have 20% of your storage taken up with toilet paper, then you need to rethink your priorities unless you have a lot of room to spare. At some point, toilet paper is going to run out. Hey, I don't like to think about it either. Also, if you have limited space for storing preps, you would be better off with more food and medical supplies. Toilet paper takes up a lot of room. 100 to 200 rolls maybe, but beyond that, you are probably wasting space on a luxury that people lived without for a long time. If you have a lot of space, then that is up to you, but don't go too crazy stashing TP. All right, so um, I'm going to have to just uh, disagree with Samantha here. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that this is the situation, man. It's just like, so I want you to think about this. Like, you, you're in a long-term situation and you use the last of the toilet paper and you're like, man, I wish I would have just stocked up more toilet paper, right? And of course, you would have that same thought on everything. But you just think about it, how used, used to using toilet paper you are and, and not having that, you know, that would that would suck, man, big time. So uh, if you have, I mean, of course, if you don't have the space yeah, you don't want to stock up, you know, all that toilet paper. But if you have space, man, you know, and, and you can afford it, that's something that you want to have. Of course, you need to have everything else, right? But, uh, you know, that's something that you that you definitely would want to have. And, uh, you know, I think you should have the bidets. I think you should have, you know, other options as well because Samantha is right. Eventually, toilet paper is going to run out. And you are going to be stuck back into the dark ages. But man, I would want to prolong that as much as possible, if at all possible. All right. So anyway, that's just my two cents there. Let me continue on. TP goes further if you only use it for defecation and use a bidet bottle for clean cleansing after urination. Now you can make your TP stash go further if you are aware and make an effort by using other methods for urination. If you have a lot of ladies in the house, then they all need to learn to use bidet bottles. You can probably double or even triple how long your toilet paper supplies last by doing this. So other toilet paper alternatives. At one point, I did a complete post on toilet paper alternatives. It may be worth revisiting if you are putting together some bathroom supplies for SHTF. So there's a link here. And guys, there's a lot of links here that, uh, that you can find within this article. So let's talk a little bit about lime. Lime is cheap and can sanitize a latrine. It is powdered or pelletized and inexpensive. A bag goes a long way. Pelletized is nice because it doesn't give off a lot of dust when you are pouring it. Preppers look over lime as something to put back, but it is useful for a lot of things from fertilizing to enhancing decomposition when needed. Of course, you need to be careful with anything that enhances the breaking down of organic matter. Lime is not something you want to leave on your hands or get in your eyes. 
Now, feces carries a lot of germs. While we are all exposed to plenty of it, you do have to be careful during a survival situation because it is easy to forget to wash your hands. Hand sanitizer will work to some degree, but using it too much is not a good thing either. Wet wipes or soap and water should be used after each poop, if at all possible. During an emergency, your system may be stressed enough that you don't have the ability to tolerate some bacteria, viruses, and illnesses. This means hand washing is even more important than usual. Hand washing also helps reduce the risk of disease becoming very widespread. If someone is suffering from any type of intestinal or colon related virus or bacteria, it is essential to make sure their bodily fluids do not come into contact with other people in your group. If someone has been suffering, keep them away from food duties, if possible, until they get better. Now, Donna did an excellent post on hand washing, and there is a link here as well. Any cuts or openings in the skin that come into contact with feces should be cleaned and treated immediately. Feces promotes infection. During the Vietnam War, sharpened sticks that were dipped in feces were used in traps to promote infection. In a hot and humid jungle, an infection could happen fast. This is one of the lessons I learned from my father about the reality of jungle warfare. Now, one reason you want to keep it clean is the fact that a lot of people are carrying parasites and are not even aware of it. Pinworms are very easy to catch from school-aged children or even the parents of school-aged kids. Everyone should have some worm medications in their medical kit. Parasites are a major issue during an SHTF situation, especially in the warm and humid parts of the country. Summer and spring are when parasites thrive. You don't have to get poop on you to get them either. If people avoid touching their mouths, it can help prevent parasites, but when you are asleep, it can happen. Using lime or burying waste can help kill any parasites that are lurking about. It is far easier to stop this type of thing in the beginning than to get it under control after you have a major problem. So lack of modern sanitation can lead to parasites even if you are careful. I recommend that you keep some worm medicine on hand for your entire family. So Reese's Pinworm Medicine is the name brand that many people go for because it is sold at drugstores and readily available online. If you are the type that doesn't mind substituting for a generic, then you will do a lot better getting a large bottle of parental paramote and putting them back. This is the same thing as Nemex that you give dogs and cats and the same active ingredient as Reese's but at a much lower cost. And guys, you know, the pinworm medicine, that's just, this is one of the times that I've ever seen that recommended as a medication to keep. The fact that it is over the counter really is kind of a no-brainer. So that might be something you might want to look into to add to your medical kit. All right. Yeast infections are more common when toilet paper or methods of cleaning are not available. Women and men can get a yeast infection, but during a situation where a regular bathroom is not available... They can happen more often when there is less toilet paper and other supplies for drying. It is important to keep yourself dry in order to avoid yeast and other fungal infections. Yeast infections can get passed back and forth too, so men need to be aware. As part of your medical kit for SHTF, I recommend adding some antifungals. A few packs of Monistat is a good start, but you can get fluconazole for fish. That is the same active ingredient as 
Diflucan, a strong pill that doctors prescribe for yeast infections. The fish version is only 100 milligrams, whereas the prescription for people is 150 milligrams. So you have to take one and a half pills to equal what the doctors would prescribe. Now, please note that I am not a medical professional. It is a personal choice if you take a pill labeled for fish or any other animals. If that is all that is available during an SHTF situation, you may not be that picky. So there's a link to get uh, fish flucon from Thomas Labs. And guys, if you are new, you might be new to the podcast and you've never heard anything like this. Dr. Bones, and her, actually it was Nurse Amy, did some research a while back and went to go check that, you know, check out the information about fish antibiotics because it was something that people were talking about. And she realized when she went to go do a tour of the lab is that it's the same exact antibiotic. So the lab, when it makes antibiotics for human, doesn't humans doesn't shut down and then say, okay, let's go ahead and uh, change out all of our equipment and start making antibiotics for fish. Yeah, you know, they just don't do that. It's the same antibiotic. All it is just packaged differently. And so you can look at some fish antibiotics and look at the equivalent of something that you would get from the pharmacy and it's the same exact pill. And so that's why you'll hear in the prepper community people talking about fish antibiotics and even Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's book, their medical survival handbook, uh, has a whole section on that. And recently they came out with a, a, even a newer book on antibiotics for survival. And so you can find that and that's quickly becoming a, a bestseller, if not already being a bestseller on Amazon. So anyway, just right there. I know some of you, if you might be new, you're like, what in the world are they talking about? And that's where that's coming from. All right. So continuing on, let's talk about flies. One advantage to burying your waste or throwing it away in bags is that it will not attract flies or stink a bunch. During the hot time of year, this can be a major issue, especially if a site is used by a lot of people. So I have a lot of issues with composting toilets. Part of this is that they tend to have a smell, are not very portable, and they are expensive but not compared to a septic system. I did a post on composting toilets for those that are interested in learning more about the current options and costs. And there's a link there. And there are more options than there once were, and they are less expensive. So have you considered what you will do about bathroom duties during an SHTF situation? All right, so that's the article there, guys. And again, that last question, and that question is directed to anyone reading the article so that they can leave a comment. There are comments here that you might want to check out. But that's something that I'm going to pose to you. Have you thought about what you would do? Now, again, in a short-term situation, if you're talking about like a week or something like that, yeah, you might want to use some plastic bags, things like that. You might want to think that through, have some wood chips, whatever, you know, and, and kind of go from there. But if you are going longer, if you have, you know, a survival situation that you're truly, you're not sure how long it might last you should have some kind of other option. Now, if you are living in a neighborhood, you know that's different than if you lived out in the country or in a rural setting where you had a little bit of property where you could build maybe a small little outhouse or something like that where you can where you can use. But 
it's something that you need to be thinking about if you ever found yourself in this situation and have some supplies, you know, some minimal supplies. If you needed to, you know, rig up some kind of uh, alternative, you know, instead of using your toilet, there's a lot to go into about that. I'd, I'd like to uh, one day even do a maybe even a whole podcast episode on talking about some things that you could do to ensure if you lived in a neighborhood because if things started backing up it would get really bad really really fast right and so anyway that's a a podcast episode for the future but this is something that's important a very important topic because third world countries people are always sick they get sick they get they die because of this situation right here and one of the things where you have people going over to you know third world countries and they're you know they do outreach and and maybe they're, they're they try to bring uh, ways of of you know cleaning water and building wells and all those types of things part of it is teaching them I mean you can't just go use the restroom wherever you want to go right in some of these villages like people just go behind you know a house or a tree or whatever and they they don't pay attention to where they're going and then people don't pay attention to where they're walking and things get spread and so that's why you have a lot of these types of illnesses that happen in third world third world countries that don't happen here in America because of something as simple as sanitation and so you don't realize how how good you have it until you don't have it right so thinking a little bit now like hey what would I do how would we handle this it is it's just puts you ahead of the game if you ever were there. All right, guys, so that is coming to us from Backdoor Survival. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes, and so you can go check that out. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 497. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com, and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.